Karen Philby-Dexter, thank you very much for taking my call and welcome to Radio Canada International. Uh, no problem. It's nice to talk to you today. Well, um, tell me about kelp forests. What are they and what are they doing in the Arctic? Uh, so kelp forests are marine habitats and they're made out of uh, large plants, large brown seaweeds actually. Um, but just like forests do on land, they actually underwater can form these uh, these beautiful habitats that are homes for fish and animals and are, uh, uh, they grow really fast. They're really quite productive and uh, they're quite valuable ecosystems. And they're found all throughout uh, cold water coasts, but they actually extend all the way up into the Arctic. And uh, so we're just beginning to, to understand fully how kelp forests, where they are in the Arctic, um, and uh, how, these, how these habitats actually look at, that, at, at these higher latitudes. Now, I, I have reached you in Norway, uh, in northern Norway. Uh, uh, tell me about um, uh, these habitats. Like, where in the Arctic uh, have, have we already kind of documented cases of uh, having these kelp forests? Um, so, so, in general, uh, kelp tends to grow on, on rock. So, basically, they're found throughout the Arctic, anywhere you get rock, and you have some light reaching the seafloor. So when you look at all the observations, places that you don't find them tend to be places that are almost always covered by sea ice or where the bottom is just too sandy for the seaweed to attach to. But other than that, they can survive in the coldest waters we find in the Arctic. They can survive in places that get scoured by ice they can survive underneath sea ice for most of their life and just grow in a short burst during, uh, during a very short window where the ice actually isn't there and the light can reach the floor um, or the, the bottom of the ocean. So there's a, they're actually remarkably adapted to, to live sort of hidden underneath the ice and on these very remote Arctic coasts where you don't have any forest. The whole land is quite barren, but then you go underwater and suddenly there's underwater marine forest there. Now, you have been diving, I, I guess, to study this uh, for, uh, underwater forest. Tell me, what is it like to be uh, in one of these uh, forests? How tall do these kelps uh, grow? Um, so it depends on where you dive, but I have been... So I studied kelp forests in Canada, I did my PhD um, in Nova Scotia, and then I went to the Norwegian Arctic. Um, so in Norway, they reach uh, two meters high. And they, they basically, the species in Norway has, you could almost call them small trunks that would be about a meter and a half that go fully upright into the water and then make these big blades. So you have very much a canopy and then you can sort of go underneath the canopy and the light dims and uh, you can see all sorts of fauna and uh, crabs and sea urchins and vertebrates that are hiding in the habitat and um, all these trunks. Um, so it actually looks like a forest. Um, but in Canada, we have a different species. Um, so uh, we have Saccharina latissima, which 
you might see on the beach that some large brown seaweeds would come up, and they almost look like lasagna noodles. They're very wavy, uh, really big blades, um, and those can be as tall as 15 or as long as 15 meters in the Canadian Arctic. And they can actually get really deep there too. Um, and, and again, you have uh, these sort of very productive seaweed habitats that um, have been recorded all throughout the Canadian Arctic. Now, what kind of uh, marine life do these uh, forests uh, support and sustain? Uh, so we call them a nursery habitat uh, because they're, they're, they actually provide shelter for, for young uh, species of fish. Um, so we know that here in Norway, for example, there's pollock and cod and the, the forests are sort of full of these uh, small ground fish. But then you also get uh, crabs and lobsters and a number of different species. And then very tiny things, which tiny, small invertebrates, which uh, they would almost look like small insects in a forest, but they're really important for, uh, for how the whole ecosystem functions. And then what's even uh, sort of in addition is the, the kelp itself can be broken off and can uh, drift off into deeper areas. And it can be food for those habitats where uh, there is no light. So they sort of they depend on essentially food to rain down on them. So, so they're, they're important as, as basically a home for, for animals and fish. And then they're also important as a source of carbon food for areas in the ocean that don't get carbon. Now, of course, um, the Arctic is undergoing rapid change with uh, uh, sea ice receding, temperatures rising. Uh, how is this affecting uh, the kelp forests? Right. So, yeah, the Arctic is one of the most rapidly changing uh, uh, coastal zones in the entire world. So it's warming much faster than the rest of the world. And we're seeing these really dramatic declines in sea ice. Um, so most of the work in, in places like Norway, um, parts of Greenland, um, as well as some models of what this will look like, uh, have suggested that as we get less sea ice and less classic Arctic conditions, uh, that these seaweed uh, forests are actually expanding in to our Arctic. Um, and this is, this is really interesting because, yes, these things are changing, and I think we tend to think about changes as always being negative. Um, but if we have increased uh, algae and increased marine plants in the Arctic, uh, these ecosystems could be quite productive. And while they are changing, they could be bringing opportunities. Like uh, new species of uh, fish uh, or, or something like that? Yeah, more, more habitat. Um, uh, maybe, maybe not so much new species of fish as, as more area for these fish to live, more food for them to eat. You know, we, we, we spoke about the, the effects of climate change, uh, but uh, I, from what I understand, it's a, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. Can you explain on that? Yeah, so, so in some areas of the Arctic, um, basically the coasts are made of uh, frozen permafrost. So this is soil, this is dirt that is frozen, and it has been trapped by sea ice. And when you don't have sea ice anymore, 
and the dirt and the, the soil thaws, um, the, the waves can basically break that up. And a lot of the Arctic coasts are eroding really quickly, you know, uh, meters uh, to five meters per year in some areas. And all of that uh, soil is getting dumped into the coastal waters. So even if you have maybe more light reaching the bottom because you have less sea ice, if that turbidity is increasing or if you have a lot of freshwater runoff from a melting glacier, uh, we think that that would impact the marine forest. So really, whether you're going to have expansion of Arctic kelp forests is going to depend on a combination of what happens on the land and what happens um, in the sea. Hmm. Now, uh, what uh, what are you doing in Norway right now? What's uh, what's kind of um, in uh, if you can describe it? Uh, what's the purpose of your research trip there? So, one of the things that we're interested in is whether or not uh, kelp forests in the high Arctic places how resilient they are. So, resilience basically means if you disturb them, if you impact them, how long does it take them to recover? So. Uh, there's some evidence from from Gulf of Alaska and from sort of places in the high Arctic in the Beaufort Sea that that Arctic kelp forests actually take longer to recover if they're disturbed. So we've gone out and we've made these disturbed clearings where we went out basically like lumberjacks and we cut down kelp in sort of an area. And we did this two years ago and now we're revisiting those clearings and we're seeing how long it's whether or not um, the forest has grown back essentially um, and so this is what's happening in Norway but we're actually I'm doing this work in Norway and it's um, we're going to set up the exact same experiment in the Canadian Arctic at Pond Inlet so a team of researchers out of Laval University are going up there uh, this at the end of this August and we're going to do the same thing to see how resilient the kelp up there is. Now, uh, of course, um, the Inuit have been around uh, and other indigenous uh, you know, air, peoples of the Arctic have been uh, fishing and uh, working in these waters. How, how are they using this kelp forest? Um, yeah, so the Inuit have an amazing amount of knowledge about uh, where kelp are in the Arctic. And it's been really exciting, sort of in the beginning of this project, we're, we're collaborating with um, Inuit fishers and uh, community members, um, trying to combine knowledge and, uh, and, and figure out where we can find kelp forests and if uh, there's any changes. But what's interesting, so sort of maybe um, more in like the south of Canada, kelp is becoming a bit of a trendy food. Uh, where it's actually popping up in, in restaurants and people are eating it. But the Inuit have been eating kelp uh, for, you know, as long as anyone can remember. And they, they dry it in various ways. They know when to collect it and what type of uh, foods to use it as a spice. So they've actually been using this resource and they um, have, a, have a really good understanding of it. So it's going um, to be really exciting to... To, to share knowledge and to work with these communities um, because I think there's a lot of valuable information that's not in the scientific literature yet.
Now, just, uh, I mean, kind of describe me your equipment. Uh, I, I would guess that diving in this frigid waters is not uh, the most pleasant of things uh, when it comes to, you know, cold and everything. It's, it's funny because I thought that too. Um, so I, yeah, of course, like I have a dry suit and lots of weight and all these fleece underneath it and then a full face mask so that there's no skin that's showing. But, uh, but what's funny is that when I did my PhD off the coast of Nova Scotia, in the winters, it gets to like zero degrees in the water and we would dive in the winter there. So it, the water can get much colder than that. So when I went up to the Arctic in Norway, it, it wasn't that different underwater, temperature-wise. It's much different above the surface. So really, underwater, it was fine. It's just waiting on the boat with the, in, in the winter with all the snow and the ice, that's the cold part. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to speak about your research. And... Uh, you know, stay safe and uh, enjoy enjoy mm -hmm. your dives. <laughs> Thanks.